What's going on, everyone? Hope you're all doing well and having yourselves a fantastic day. This is Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph, and I'm here in South Jersey recording this from my beautiful home looking outside, and it is just gorgeous. It's not raining. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. I walked my dog a little bit earlier today, and the weather is just right. It is perfect. I don't know if you guys read Goldilocks when you were younger or if your parents just read it to you because you were too young to read at the time. But for those of you that don't know the story of Goldilocks, Goldilocks had to have things that were just right. They couldn't be too hot, not too cold, not too high or too low or not too short, not too tall. Everything for Goldilocks had to be just perfect. And perfect is just the best adjective to describe this weather outside. And for me, being the huge sports fanatic that I am, this is just the kind of day where it would just be so great to go to the ballpark with some friends and family members and just watch some baseball. Go into the stadium, catch a foul ball, eat some chickies and Pete's crab fries, sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game in the bottom of the seventh inning during the seventh inning stretch. Hopefully watch my boy Bryce Harper come up to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning as he hits a grand salami against the Atlanta Braves and it's a walk-off home run and everyone in the crowd goes crazy as I'm wearing my Bryce Harper jersey saying, Let's go! Let's go, Bryce! I know I'm dreaming a little bit, but, you know, I had to have my moment there. I just miss baseball. I miss sports so much and I really want baseball to come back so badly because if the Players Association and the owners can't come up with a deal, I'm going to be furious and frustrated because I need baseball. (sighs) But I digress. Because right now, I'm not here to talk about the MLB. Another sport's been on my mind for the past few days because there's just been so much to talk about with this sport coming back in the middle of the summer. And personally, I miss that one too. I really do. This sport happens to be basketball. But before I dive more into talking about the National Basketball Association and a return date that is set for the end of July, I want to be sure to let you all know that if you're listening to me on YouTube, I want you all to take a minute, hit that like button, and that subscribe button, And also, while you're at it, hit that notification bell icon at the top of your screen so that way you can know when I upload a new podcast. Also, at the end of this particular podcast, please feel free to comment on any of the topics that I talked about in this particular segment because I love interaction. And in particular, I love sports discussions. I really do. I love engaging in sports conversations and just listening to Sports conversations, it just makes me smile because I love sports and sports is really my passion. And when you're passionate about something and you love listening to different things about your passion and doing things that you're just passionate about, it just makes you feel so comfortable and so happy. And so that's what sports does for me. So please take a minute to do those things. And also, oh my gosh, before I forget, I almost forgot. If you're listening to this audio podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, or SoundCloud, please make sure that you follow me at the end of this podcast and leave me a review. I love taking the time listening to people and seeing what you guys have to say about my content. I take it personally, and I really appreciate you guys listening to me 
You can also reach out and email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with me that way. I did attach the email in the description on all my pages, so you can just click on that or copy and paste it to your email if you want to get in touch with me that way. So back to basketball. The NBA 2019-2020 season was suspended on March 11th after it was confirmed that Rudy Gobert, who's an all-star for the Utah Jazz, got tested positive for the coronavirus. And once he got tested positive, Adam Silver slammed his foot down and halted the NBA season from continuing. So then it was confirmed a few days later, actually, that another all-star for the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, got tested positive. And then you hear about other players tested positive days, weeks, and months later, and one of those players included Kevin Durant, and then we hear terrible stories of NBA players and ex-NBA players who lost their loved ones from the coronavirus. But back to Adam Silver. He and other members from the NBA league office have publicly stated for a while now that they want to bring the NBA back, and they want to do it in the most safe and possible way. Before the season started, I personally didn't know too much about Commissioner Silver, but what I've seen from him as to how he's dealt with a lot of issues that the NBA has had to deal with, even before the season started, you had the Daryl Morey tweet, Daryl Morey is the GM for the Houston Rockets, and he sent out a tweet that actually ended up affecting the relationship between China and the NBA. And that was a huge controversial issue before the season even started. And then during the season, there was the death of former commissioner David Stern and the horrible death also of Kobe. That was, a, that was an emotional day for me. That's, that still hits me. How as soon as Rudy Gobert got tested positive, he put his foot down and he suspended the NBA season. And as soon as he did that, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, golf, and other sports. They followed his footsteps. So he's just dealt with so much, and I think he needs to be given a lot of credit for how great of a job he's been doing as commissioner and just dealing with all these issues because it hasn't been an easy season for the NBA in particular. A few weeks ago, he and the commissioner's office released a 113-page document to the players and the teams as to how they would like to finish off the NBA season and crown a champion. Now, Adam Silver has stated a lot of times to the public that he wants the NBA to come back, and he is trying his best to make that possible. He does care about everybody's health and safety. That is his number one priority. The health and safety of not even just the players, but people who work in the league directly. He cares about their health, and he wants them all to be healthy. And that's been my number one concern, too. I've been saying if the NBA does come back... I really hope everybody is healthy. So let's talk a little bit more about this proposal. And I want to be sure to simplify this as much as I can so that I can let you all know as much information as I do because I want you all to be on the same page as me and at least get information as to what I know so far. In this proposal, it's reported that the league wants to bring back 22 of the 30 NBA teams. These teams include the top eight teams from both the Eastern and the Western Conference, as well as six other teams who are fighting for a playoff seed. These games are also going to be held in Orlando, Florida. They're actually going to be right outside of Disney World. 
And before I go into more detail about the scheduling and the playing format and how this is all going to transpire, I think that it's very important to address a lot of people's biggest concern about the return of the NBA. To be honest with you, it's also my biggest concern, and I think everybody has a right to be concerned about this, Even not even just the players and the coaches, but also the league and the fans. They all have a right to be concerned about this. We are living in the middle of a pandemic where a lot of people are getting sick and dying, and the main priority of focus right now needs to be on health and wellness, and safety as well. And a big part of the health and safety guidelines deals with testing. And testing should be a main priority of concern, especially if they're going to be playing in Orlando, Florida, because it's just not safe there. I forget specifically what the statistics are, but I do know that the amount of cases are at a very high rate, not only in Orlando, but in Florida as an entire state. It's just insane. Adam Silver confirmed that everyone who is with the team is obviously going to be tested on a daily basis once they get into Orlando. If a player gets tested positive for COVID-19 at the arena or at the hotel, they're going to have to be put in what they call isolated housing. And this could be at a hotel, a house, or some sort of a facility that is outside of this NBA bubble. But once they're outside of that bubble and they're off campus, then they will get retested immediately just to be sure it wasn't a false positive. If the next result turns out to be negative, They're going to have to wait another 24 hours and not show any sort of symptoms and get tested one more time before they can re-enter the campus and go back to playing. Obviously, if they were to get tested positive, once they are in this isolated housing, then they're going to have to deal with things accordingly and make sure that they can get all the medical attention that they need. So pretty much they're treating this as if it was an injury. A player gets tested positive, then guess what? He's going to have to be missing some time. If anyone on these teams leaves this bubble without permission and is seen off the grounds of where they're supposed to be, then that person's going to have to be quarantined for 10 to 14 days. So if they're in a part of Orlando that is not where they're supposed to be, then they're going to have to quarantine for at least 10 to 14 days. Now, if they do get permission to leave, like God forbid, if LeBron James' kids were to get sick or something, and if he were to have to go home, he would get excused from the league, and that would be okay for him to go. But then once he comes back, he would have to quarantine for four days. But see, here's my biggest concern. It's reported that if a player or a team member gets tested positive, then the league is going to have to do some DNA tests and see who that person came into contact with within the past 24 hours, and then trace those people if they get tested positive, and to hold domino effect. But in this 113-page document, there's no specifics on how many people will have to be infected in order for them to discontinue and stop the season for another outbreak. Look, let's just say that Ben Simmons gets tested positive, and he's going to be missing some time, but then... Not only is Ben Simmons tested positive, but now Joel Embiid, who came into contact with him, Al Horford, Tobias Harris, and Matisse Thybul are all tested positive too. Then what? What's going to happen then? And not even just players, but what if, you know, there's, there's three coaches that are 65 or older that are going to be at Orlando. 
if they were to get it, then what would happen? How would that look for the NBA if they decided to resume play? And God forbid someone's career is affected just by getting COVID-19. Like what if worst case scenario, the medical staff was wrong about an athlete's medical condition and that player gets tested positive for coronavirus and something bad happens to them? That would be a horrible look for the NBA. As far as other guidelines go, the players are going to have to wear masks for most of the time, except when they're eating or at the pool or when they're in their room. But also, according to Zach Lowe from ESPN, the players and team staff will be given the option to use a wearable ring that tracks heart rate, respiration rate, and other variables. And the device reportedly features an illness probability score that would indicate if a player might be at greater risk of contracting the virus or has it. It's just very strange. I feel like strange is the most necessary adjective to describe this whole scenario because this has never happened before when it comes to returning the play and a lot of the players want to come back. There's no question about that. But all the protocols and the what they're implementing as far as guidelines, safety guidelines go, it's just so weird. And I understand that they need to have some sort of health and safety protocol guidelines in order for this to work. These are very weird times. As a lot of people would say, they're unprecedented. And I know that a lot of people have either lost their jobs, getting sick, and focusing on the Black Lives Matter movement and their protesting. There's just so much going on. Some people are still in quarantine, and they're bored. Adam Silver has stated that the main reason why he wants to bring the NBA back is because, as a country, even as a world, a lot of people are going through a very difficult time, and they need to be entertained. There are a lot of basketball fans out there who would love to be watching basketball. And a lot of other people want basketball to come back too, who are a part of the NBA. And that really makes me wonder, and I'm going to also state this at the end of this podcast, because I think that this is a really important rhetorical question that people can answer. Should the NBA even return? If they are so scared about putting people's lives at risk, does it even make sense for them to even finish the season? Let's transition into talking about this playing format, because I'm also really interested in talking about this as well. As I said earlier, there are going to be 22 teams who are going to be returning to play and finish out the season in Orlando. You have the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference and the top eight in the Western Conference. And then you have six extra teams who are fighting for a playoff seed. In the top eight, I'm going to be putting this on my YouTube channel. But for those of you that aren't listening to me on YouTube, I will tell you that in the Eastern Conference, you have the Milwaukee Bucks, the Toronto Raptors, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, Philadelphia 76ers, Brooklyn Nets, and the Orlando Magic as the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference. 
But then in the Western Conference, you have both the LA teams, which are the Lakers and the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's 16 teams. The other six teams include the Washington Wizards in the Eastern Conference, the Portland Trail Blazers, the New Orleans Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs, and the Phoenix Suns who are out in the West. Now there are eight more regular season games, or as some other people may call it, seeding games. And once those games are finished, the seeds will be determined from each conference, and the postseason will begin. So this raises a question to me. If the Washington Wizards are five and a half games behind the Orlando Magic and six games behind the Brooklyn Nets from getting into a playoff spot, is it really worth it for them to come back and finish the season? Because honestly, in the NBA, there really aren't that many upsets that do occur. Usually the best teams, the top teams in each conference have the best shot of going far and winning an NBA title. But really, is it worth the Washington Wizards coming back at the end of the season, facing either the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors? It's not like in baseball, football, or in hockey, where if you're going on a run and you're getting hot at the right time, you can just carry that momentum and go really far. In the NBA, the teams that have the best players have the higher chance of succeeding and going very far into the playoffs and have the highest possibility of winning an NBA championship. Now, we have seen it happen in years past where the Philadelphia 76ers, who were an eighth-seeded team back in 2012, I believe, beat the Chicago Bulls. But people forget that Derrick Rose tore his ACL and Joakim Noah, who was also a big-time All-Star at the time, he had a terrible injury, too, that he suffered from in that series against the 76ers. So really, you know, was that an upset? I guess you could say it was. Most likely, if Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah were healthy throughout that whole entire series and didn't get injured, the Sixers probably wouldn't have won. I'm just saying. I just don't know if in the grand scheme of things, if that's going to matter. I think that it's cool from an outside perspective that these teams have a shot of going into the playoffs and earning a playoff seed because that just would be cool. But what are the chances, though, that they're going to even go far? And what are even the chances that the Washington Wizards are going to make it into the playoffs? Because that would mean that the Orlando Magic or the Brooklyn Nets would have to go on this terrible slump. And the Wizards would just have to catch fire, get really hot, and somehow beat the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors in just the first round. I just don't see that happening. In the Western Conference, I think it could be a little bit more competitive especially if the New Orleans Pelicans would make it into that first round because everybody would love to see Zion Williamson and Lonzo Ball and even Brandon Ingram go up against their former team, which are the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Wait, hold up. Oh my gosh. Wow. The more I actually think about it, the more I would actually love to see that matchup. That would just be so cool to see Zion Williamson in his rookie season go up against LeBron James and the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs. I actually never even thought about that really until now. It just hit me. (laughs) (sighs) 
That would really be cool. And, like, also on Twitter, just imagine LeVar Ball, what he's saying about his son Lonzo and how he's better than Michael Jordan and all this other stuff. What if the Pelicans actually do upset the Lakers? That would be... Ugh, how would that be for LeBron and even for the association? I don't even know. Wow, I never even thought about that until now. That'd be such a great matchup. And I'm not saying that the Memphis Grizzlies wouldn't be a good matchup for the Lakers. It would be so cool to see John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. play in their first playoff tournament. Also, look, the San Antonio Spurs, they've made it to the playoffs for the past gazillion years. And... Greg Popovich, I believe that this is going to be his last season. So would it be cool to see them go to the playoffs? Of course. But I think that the biggest threat to the Lakers or even to the Clippers, I'd say, is the New Orleans Pelicans. But that's just my opinion. Now, the other thing, too, that you have to remember is that some of these players haven't practiced in over a couple of months. They're not in game shape. That might play a huge factor onto how they perform in the first round. And also... Let's just say that the LA Lakers get to the finals and they face the Toronto Raptors. But the LA Lakers have three people, including LeBron James, who got tested positive for COVID-19. And the Toronto Raptors win the finals. Is there going to be an asterisk next to the Toronto Raptors name because LeBron James wasn't there? That's another question. And I know in the big scheme of things, it's not really necessarily a big deal compared to the health perspective, but that is a question that a lot of people, I'm sure, have. It's one thing if everybody's healthy, but then you're going to have people that are going to say, oh, they only won because LeBron James got tested positive and he wasn't allowed to play. That, to me, is ridiculous, but there, you have people out there who are naysayers and people who think like that. So let's go over the important dates that are set for the NBA as of right now. By June 24th, the players have to inform their team and the association whether or not they are going to be coming to Orlando. Now, the medical staff is already examining the players, and the people from the front office have to determine whether or not those people are at risk. It's not even just players. It's also coaches, medical staff, general managers referees, and other people who are a part of the game as well. And if they are deemed to be at risk, then they're not eligible to go. Now, if a player just decides not to go, and they don't have a medical excuse, or an excuse from the league, they're not going to get penalized or fined for not going, but they're going to be losing 1% of their salary per game that they don't play. And this doesn't affect the top tier level types of talented players like LeBron, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Kawhi, Giannis, those types of players. It's not going to affect those guys. But if you look at a guy who is on a two-way contract, or if you have a player who doesn't get a lot of minutes and is like a third unit type of a player, they don't get paid a lot of money. Even guys like Lou Williams, who comes off the bench for the LA Clippers, he's a really good player, but he doesn't get paid a lot of money compared to what the other superstars get, even Montrez Harrell. You look at those guys who are on those sort of deals, and that is going to be taking a lot out of their salary. So they need to be playing. 
And of course, this excludes players like Kevin Durant, who suffered from an Achilles injury and he re-aggravated it during the NBA Finals of last year. He hasn't even stepped foot on the NBA basketball court this season for the Brooklyn Nets. And Kyrie Irving, who also plays for the Brooklyn Nets, he's had season-ending surgery earlier when the season was still in play. And they're still going to be getting their full salary. So then by July 7th, the teams are supposed to be in Orlando practicing at the wide world of sports in Disney. But once they fly in, each player and team member has to be quarantined in their hotel room for up to 48 hours. So they can't be in the hall talking to their boys. They have to literally be isolated into their rooms for up to 48 hours and they can't walk out of there. Then training camp starts. The first regular season game will supposedly start on July 30th. And if there is a potential Game 7 of the actual NBA Finals, the final day to play will be on October 12th. Now that night happens to be a Monday night football game. I don't know about the TV networks and how this is all going to affect them. Because first of all, I don't even know if football is going to be coming back. And if they are even going to be having a season. But let's just say that football does decide to come back. What's going to happen to Monday night football if there is a Game 7 and that happens to be on the same night? I'm sure that a lot of people would be watching Game 7 of the NBA Finals compared to just a regular season game. But look, there are diehard New Orleans Saints fans who would love to watch Monday Night Football instead of Game 7. So there are people who are crazy like that, but in my opinion, Game 7 of the NBA Finals, there's nothing like that. Television networks would have to make a sacrifice, and it'll just be interesting to see what happens, if that happens. If there is a Game 7, three days after that, there is the NBA lottery. The NBA draft will be the day after the NBA lottery. Look, in my opinion, it's safe to say that Adam Silver is trying to make sure that everything is as safe as possible. He wants the NBA to come back and this has never been done before, like I said earlier. Worst case scenario is that it doesn't work. Personally, I love basketball, and I love sports with all my heart. But I'm scared. I'm scared for the NBA returning. I'm scared for other sports if they were to come and return as well. I personally think that baseball is the safest sport when it comes to returning out of the big four because baseball is not a contact sport. But with the NBA, it's better than football because at least you only have five people coming onto the court. And yes, they do share the basketball, but it's not as physical as hockey or football. Football is a hard contact sport, and ice hockey is too, obviously. So, I'm just worried. I care about the player's health, I care about their physical health, and also their mental health too. How do you think that this will mentally affect them? If I'm a player and I'm coming back to play and I'm going to be in this bubble for like two months, I'm not going to be exposed to the outside world. I can't talk to anybody and I might feel like I'm trapped. There's a lot of anxiety and it's not even just because of the pandemic or because of the Black Lives Matter movement 
these athletes are humans. And they have a lot to deal with. They're going to be leaving their families. Some of them are going to be away for a couple months. And they're not going to see their kids or their wives or their families. That's just going to be tough for them. It's one thing to FaceTime with people and to Skype and to send messages, but we're all human. And we need to be able to see our families in person too. Even if Adam Silver and the NBA commission's office gives me all these amenities and he's really trying his best, he's given the players an option to go to the pool, to play ping pong, go bowling, even go to the parks in Disney World. They're even trying to see if they could screen things to the players that have never even been released to the public, like the Black Widow, which I really want to see. But really, how much more can Adam Silver do? And not to get off topic or anything, but this is why sports psychologists are so important. Because it's the stuff that we don't see on the court or on the field. They deal with that stuff. There's, you know, there are physical injuries, but then there are also things that go on mentally. Getting back into game shape is going to be mentally tough for these players to get back into this kind of a groove with only four months off, and then directly go into the playoffs after only a handful of regular season games. He even put in this document that they're allowing the players to bring counselors with them, and also sports psychologists, which I think is so nice. Seriously, how much more can Adam Silver do for the players, coaches, GMs, and all of the team staff to make sure that this gets done in the safest way. You even have to give kudos to the medical staff because they're doing an incredible job and participating in this as well. How much more can they do? I am praying that this is going to work out. I really am. But we'll just have to see. Players have to report to Orlando in two weeks. Two weeks. Maybe the cases will die down. I don't know. But before I go, I just wanted to ask you all this question. Do you guys think the NBA should come back? Do you think that sports in general should come back? Do you think that it is safe for these athletes to go out and play sports right now? Let me know in the comments below if you're listening to me on YouTube. If you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or even SoundCloud, leave me a review, and my email, once again, is listed down below in the description link, and please let me know, because I would love to hear your thoughts about this. This is Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph, and I'm just about ready to sign off. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope you all stay safe and that you guys have a great rest of your day.